0: This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston, and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County in Bloomington Normal. 88.3 in Pontiac. 97.1 in Lincoln. 89.1 in DeKalb Sycamore. 89.3 in Morris Joliet covering much of Central Illinois and Northern Illinois and growing, thanks to you. We're going to have a great show for you today. My wife and I were gone last week, and uh, we are going to continue uh, with our program on integralism, so we'll continue with that today, and uh, we're glad to be back. Remember always that we're brought to you by you, and if you would like to make a donation to help keep bringing us to you, You can make that donation by going to our website, catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's catholicspiritradio.com. Or you can phone us, and our number is 309-807-2427. Either way, but if you go to the website, you'll find out more about us, and it's easy to make a donation that way. Large or small, whatever you can do is always appreciated. Again, as I mentioned, I'm here with my wife, Lynn, and uh, it continues to be, if people have been watching the news, a mad, 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 mad world. And uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go through uh, the program on Integralism as well. And uh, before we start, of course, I always turn this over to my wife to see what she has to say. So, Lynn, before we start, I'll give it to you.
1: Well, hello, everybody. We had a nice weekend last weekend. Uh I officially became a busha, you know what busha means in Russian or Polish, an old lady. <laughs> it was my birthday, and my brother came, to, uh, his his daughters brought him down, and his granddaughter, I hadn't seen him in quite a while, I guess since the last funeral <laughs> in the family. <laughs> you know how that is, everybody, weddings and funerals, we we'll all get together. But uh, we had a nice weekend. And I want to thank you for your prayers and ask for more for the continued progress with the expansion of Spirit Radio. The antenna came in from Italy, and it's here, and it will go uh, up to Peoria within the next Rockford, Peoria. Where did Peoria come from? Well, it's there, Peoria, but it's going up to Rockford, and... Within, hopefully, the next six weeks, maybe, it will be installed and certified and all they have to do with it, but continued prayer sure would help. It's that faith that Mother Angelica had, you know, you just put that foot down, take the step, you don't know where you're going next, but we John has gotten a step to this point, and... It's going to improve the uh, wattage, everything else up in the Rockford area. Will a lot more people will be able to listen? So, and also the morning drive program that uh, we have on Spirit Radio now. Be sh- you know, when you can tune into that, it's on at six till seven thirty. In the morning, then the mass follows, and it's syndicated from uh, Guadalupe Radio. So it's 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 a very more in, uh, it's an upbeat, good, informative
0: program for you.
1: That's all I have to say.
0: Well, it's a lot, and uh, again, step by step, we're covering more and more of Illinois. And again, you know, to remind you, it's made possible by you. We couldn't do it without you. So we really count on you. And again, if you can make a donation, large or small, it's always, always repeated. And if you can't do that, then keep us in in your prayers. Uh, We can always use those. I'm going to review here a little bit what we did last, the last show. Uh, We talked about uh, the fact that our society seems to be living in a sort of state of perversive dread, and I would think also our society seems to be falling into more and more of a state of a, a sort of a th- therapeutic uh, sun or something. Uh, I'll mention more about that. And we have more, it seems like, cures and snake oil, snake oil types of cures and more illnesses and, and so forth and psychological problems than ever, ever before. Uh, our classical liberal, liberal order has gone up extremely rapidly. We see it uh, deteriorating and falling apart and, uh, degenerating into sort of a move toward a sort of authoritarian, authoritarian totalitarian state, Americans against Americans and, uh, people sort of hysterically, uh, against each other. Uh, there seems to be a politicization of all things. There's quite a bit of a loss of faith and, uh, a failure of the American experiment in general seems to be taking place. And the question we need to ask is, why is all this happening? Uh, take a look at uh, the industry I was talking about, the, the the therapeutic industry that we have in this country. It's worth, uh, I was reading about it, and I, I, I can't remember if it's at $150 billion or $450 billion. I would guess if you talked about, the total therapeutic industry with big pharma and all of the drugs and uh, medications and so forth that are offered and all of the snake oil uh illnesses and the snake oil cures uh it's probably worth 450 billion dollars a year uh it seems like uh you you know just think about the the things we have we have cures for everything uh we seem to have uh uh Talk show cures and we have uh, work cures and we have divorce cures and we have health cures and we have food cures and we have diet cures and we have weight cures and sleep
1: cures,
0: sleep, yeah, sleeping pill cures and uh, all kinds of vitamin cures and on and on, uh, all kinds of weird sort of uh, semi religious mental or whatever cures, Reiki and, and yoga and other types of cures it seems like we're told that we have every kind of ailment that the human mind can think of our young kids are committing suicide at higher rates and we have all of these pills and medications and diets and everything being sold all the time and the question is why you know why is all this happening and uh we uh one of the things of course i'm ascribing it to here in this show uh talking about uh Uh, Integralism, integrating religion right into our state, and uh, part of it is because we have a secular, uh, non-religious state, and we've had that state from the very beginning, and we already talked about that. We have the belief that uh, our government requires a religious people, but somehow the government itself is to be separated from religion, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, We have the belief that uh, it is necessary for the people of a state to believe in God, or at least to believe in some kind of a religion, but somehow the state can be exempt from that belief. And uh, we have the belief that the state is neutral. When we've shown in the last few shows, it is simply impossible for that to be so. The state defines what religion is. The state defines uh, religion as merely a matter of opinion, And no one opinion can be truer than another opinion, so no one religion can be truer than another. All religions are uh, equal, and if that's the case, of course, they all contradict each other, and they all certainly can't be true. But that's because the state defines religion as just a matter of personal opinion. But this, the state's definition, and its religious opinion is taken as true, and it also has the force of law. And when you think put it that way the state itself then has a has a religion its its religion is is that all other religions are mere matters of opinion but its judgement that all religions are merely a matter of opinion has the force of law and that judgement is true and that in itself is a religion or if you might call it an irreligion whatever you want to call it we've gone over those things uh, thus, there isn't now and never was such a thing as religious freedom. And that's the point I'm trying to make here, and I think we made it pretty well last uh, the last show. And in this show, of course, we're going to demonstrate that with concrete examples shown from the very beginning of our country right up through until now. And uh, I want to do that to show that since there already is, in effect, a state religion or irreligion, it doesn't it's not something shocking or something shouldn't be something startling to advocate a religion that is workable and a religion that is not is not convoluted for example is the the state religion that we have now yeah. and it would make sense to put religious principles in Uh, to actually our laws and our state laws in order to stabilize our country and bring it back to some sort of sanity and put it in a direction where there is a lot more freedom for everybody and uh, with the understanding that there is no such thing and never was as complete religious freedom. It can't happen. The state has to have some kind of point of view, and that point of view, backed by law, is going to be a religious point of view in some way. So, uh but our Constitution, contrary to its religious clauses, does not establish uh, religious freedom because no state ever has or no state ever can any more than you can square a circle or draw a, crooked, a straight crooked line. So uh, so th- we're going to go into that demonstration. There always is a state religion or irreligion. Ours is secular humanism, secular liberalism, or secular progressivism, whatever you want, want to call it, take your pick. It is always regnant, meaning when a state advocates something, it has the force of law behind it, and uh, the others don't. So, therefore, it trumps in all contests. If you're going to have a contest between the regular religions in the country and between a a state uh, opinion, the state opinion has the force of law. In other words, it has the force of truth, whether it's true or not and it takes all ties when you have an argument. Uh, The principle that all other religions are opinion and uh, only uh, uh, it is true, and that's that's the state's uh, stand, and it has to be that way. Uh, So if we have a state religion like the one we have now, that isn't really workable and that isn't doing the job that it needs to be due. We need to think about actually incorporating religious principles and we have to ask ourselves, well, whose religious principles? And the problem with our Protestant friends is, is that they can't make that decision because they don't have the unity that the Catholic church has. And we're going to talk about that in the next show or two. But right now what I want to do is get into the point and make it very concrete that we don't have religious freedom. We never had it from the very beginning and are all the way up until now. So I'm going to talk about the National Reform Association. This was a group that was formed right after the Civil War, but it reaches all the way back to the Revolution, and it existed right up into actually the 21st century before it finally disbanded because formed by Protestantism, It really could not make a decision. It knows that religion has to be injected into the state and we have to have a religious people. But since it's made up of Protestants who cannot agree on a particular unified religion, they really could not come up with a solution. Because anything that they offered would be contradicted by somebody else in the group that would be trying to you know to offer something else, and uh, they don't have the unity of the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church I think fills the bill a lot better, and that's what we need to turn to. And of course, it was impossible for them, being a group of Protestants, to turn to that idea. There was that actual you know prejudice against it in the first place, and so is. As perceptive as they were, and uh, as you know, well intentioned and as good as they are, some of them very good Christians on a personal basis, of course, and uh, But the fact is is that the unity that they needed simply wasn't there, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to show that they demonstrated very, very strongly that there was never any religious uh, freedom in the country from in the first place, and never any religion injected into our state government or constitution, so we'll go from there. Uh, I'm going to read from uh, a book here. It's called Liberty, The God That Failed, and it's by uh, Christopher Ferrara. And I've read from this book before, but it talks here about the Godless Constitution, and Ferrara is using uh, excerpts from the National Reform Association to uh, support his arguments here. And it starts out, it says, It was a defect, argued the National Reform Association, that must be laid at the feet of the sainted founders themselves in their attachment to the political philosophy and rationalism of the Enlightenment. We have to remember our founders were Enlightenment people. The failure to recognize divine authority over the nations and the primacy of God's law over human law. Typical of these admissions is the following from the proceedings of the NRA's 1874 convention in Pittsburgh, quoting a sermon by Reverend Horace Bushnell in July of 1861, three months after the Civil War began. Bushnell took aim precisely at the Constitution as a godless social compact whose ambiguities allowed it to be cited for secession by the South, for breach of the compact, of course, and for the crushing of the secessionists by the North, for attempting to revoke the compact, once it had become irrevocable by express consent, and we talked about the idea of people a compacted this this idea of John Locke uh, that somehow people came together uh, in order for protection, and that's how the state was formed, and so so forth, and uh, that religion was simply a matter of personal opinion, and uh, people actually came together because they were sex, solitary individuals in search of food, and then they came together for self-protection. I went over that once already here, and uh, they formed a compact, and somehow or another, once you formed that compact, it can't be broken. But, of course, the South did decide it could be broken, and we had the Civil War. And the Catholic Church rejects that whole idea and uh, points out that uh, people formed into states and so forth because of families that had fathers and mothers and children, and uncles and aunts and informed clans and tribes and so forth until civilization was finally born, and it was always in a religious state. It goes on here. It says, uh, they organized a government such as we at least have understood to be without uh, moral or religious ideas. In one view, merely a man-made compact. So we're going to have to stop here and take a break. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio.
0: Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in
3: many different ways. Some write checks. Others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipts. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS.
4: July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me, even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic, too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July matching Mondays. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309-827-7780.
0: Hi, this is Bob Johnston. We're back from our break and we're talking about the fact that uh, our country, our state itself, uh, was without a particular religion or religious uh, outlook all the way from its very beginning. That uh, the state itself uh, recognized that a people had to be religious and it had to be godly if our Constitution was going to be obeyed in the right sense. But yet it's exempted itself from uh, the very idea of holding a particular religion and instead it adopted the idea that religion itself is just a personal opinion. In other words, on the one hand it was saying in effect that religion was important and on the other hand it was just simply uh, ascribing religion to a a personal opinion of almost anything whoever, from whoever held it, and that somehow this would be good enough to hold the nation together. And my charge is, is that because our Constitution and our country doesn't have and isn't really built on solid religious principles, we're having a lot of the problems that we're having today. And I'm using the uh, National Reform Association, which was formed right after the Civil War, Uh, as an example to show that this is the case. And they saw that this was true back at the time of the Civil War, and they traced it back even before the Civil War, all the way back to the time of the Revolution. And the Reform Association existed right up until uh, the year 2005. And so, spanning all of that time, it understood that we were without any real religious principles in our government. It says here, Lamenting the Godless Constitution, NRA's proceedings record such historical events as a reported encounter between Alexander Hamilton and John Rogers, the eminent chaplain of the Revolution, following adjournment of the Constitutional Convention. Mr. Hamilton, uh, John Rogers said, We are greatly aggrieved that the Constitution has no recognition of God or the Christian religion he protested, whereupon Hamilton is said to have replied, well, I do declare, we forgot it. Also noted was that Benjamin Franklin thought it politic to make a historical record of the convention's amazing rejection of his motion uh, that the members engage in some sort of prayer to some sort of deity at least at the opening of each session. The convention, except three or four persons, thought prayers were unnecessary. So this is evidence going all the way back to the very founding, you know, in the process of founding our country, in which religion was considered unnecessary to be part of the state. A historical fact the NRA proceedings mentioned repeatedly was the rather infamous and unanimous declaration of the fledgling United States Senate in Article 11 of the Treaty of Tripoli, approved by President John Adams on June 10, 1797, and it says, As the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion, as it has in itself no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of Muslims, it is declared by the parties that no pretext arising from religious opinions shall ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between the two countries. And what the situation was here is uh, the Barbary pirates were attacking American ships, and the government of tr- the United States was trying to uh, interfere in this, and it was saying that, to the Muslims that they have no fear from us because we are not in any way a Christian nation and we aren't trying to impose our particular beliefs of religion upon them because our state itself is irreligious and, in effect, is what they were saying. And uh, on the other hand, they're talking about we, the people— but the framers founded a non-Christian government. In other words, our, our government was expecting the people themselves to be Christian, or at least religious in some sense, and yet they were assuring the Muslims that we were not Christian, that, that, at least that the government was not. So this is solid proof. And of course, people were upset about this at the time. It didn't do any good, of course. And finally, uh, I, I think it was uh, was it Jefferson, I believe it was maybe, that sent the, you know the Marines against the Barbary pilots, uh, and uh, eventually uh, made the sea safe for the emerging nation. Uh, and then it went on, it says here, uh, further, uh, it was said by the same group, uh, resolved that it is a striking and solemn fact that our present national constitution is so devoid of any distinctive Christian feature that one of our chief magistrates, Jefferson, once refused to appoint a day of fasting and prayer in an hour of public calamity because the nation in its constitution recognized no God. And another, John Adams, in contracting a treaty with a Mohammedan power Hesitated not to declare that the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. It has in itself no character of enmity against the law and religion of Muslims. So there it was, in clear writing, that there was, that the government itself was uh, not only godless, uh, it simply had no religion whatsoever, and especially not the Christian religion. And
1: keep in mind, on our currency, where it says, in God we trust, so forth, uh, that wasn't in existence at the time. That came much, much later, in fact, in the 20th century, maybe?
0: Yes, it did. And we might have it on there. And there was, you know, there was a far more uh, just a de facto Christian, Christianity in our country. It was just a carryover because most people were Christian. But the government itself never was. No, so that was a
1: a big. It's an, it's a big thing because people think this country was founded on religion, on the Christian religion. It never was. The people that came here were might have been religious and looking for freedom, but it was not part of this government, this form of government.
0: Exactly, it says there is not only in the theory of our government no recognition of God's laws and sovereignty. But its practical operation, its administration, has been comfortable to its, uh, has been conformable to its theory. Those who have been called to ad- administer the government have not been men making any public profession of Christianity. It goes on here. Washington was a man of valor and wisdom. He was esteemed by the whole world as a great and good man, but he was not a professing Christian. People think that he was, but his pastor himself, Washington's pastor, said that uh, when he was asked if he was a Christian, his pastor said, no, he said, Washington is a deist. He did belong to a church, of course, and so forth, but he really never practiced a Christian religion. Uh, Probably
1: went to church because Martha hate him.
0: He was a deist, and it mm. says to the extent that it can be called a religion, Deism is the religion of uh, liberty because it removes the living God and his claims on man and nations from the field of politics, shuttling all revealed truths at odds with the will of the people into the realm of private opinion. In other words, our nation was found on we the people, the will of the people, but the will of the people simply is by itself and not attached to any particular religion or God at all. And uh, Mike charges that. Uh, what's happening with our country and why it seems to be declining and falling apart is because of that very thing when the people believe in nothing. And that's what we talked about in the last show. We talked about nihilism. We talked about uh, the the belief in nothingness that is so powerful today and that, that is causing all of the dread and the anxiety and all of the problems that we're going through. And we're seeing that our Classical liberalism is falling apart and declining, and that's because it does not have a religious base to hold it together. (laughs) Thus, deism inevitably undermined the personal religion of the jo christian tradition. And it goes on here, it says, In short, the American Republic, of which the North and the South alike, claimed to be the true heirs, was inarguably the brainchild of late Enlightenment deists, not traditional Christians. That is, of men who had no intention of establishing a Christian commonwealth. But as the NR proceedings candidly observe, Washington was no professing Christian. He was a deist, and that's the most one could say of his practice and profession of religion. And I'm not trying to knock Washington here in any way. He was a very uh, obviously a good man and uh, loyal and uh, led our army in, in very, very hard times but he was a nominal Episcopalian who was never confirmed, refused to receive Holy Communion, insisted on standing while everyone knelt in prayer at the Anglican services that he irregularly attended, and never used the word Savior, Redeemer, or Son of God in the thousands of letters Washington wrote, the name of Jesus Christ never appears. Uh, He thought that religion is good and useful because it serves social ends, not because man, much less the state, has a divinely imposed duty to profess any particular religion. And there it is there. In other words, any any religion would do. It doesn't have to be any particular religion. And the state can be without any religion whatsoever, as long as the people have some kind of one religion or another. But it's not working. Uh, and at any rate, he goes on. It's, it goes on here. And he says, uh, while men perform their social duties faithfully, they do all that society with propriety can demand or expect and remain responsible to their maker for their religion or modes of faith which they may prefer or profess. And so he's saying as long as the people prefer or profess something, that's fine. But it's turning out that that certainly is not enough. And uh, it says here, Thomas Jefferson, it talks about, It says, uh, on this score, the NRA proceedings in 1874 cite John M. Mason, one of the great pulpit orators of the Revolution, who declared in 1800 in opposition to the presidential candidacy of Jefferson that if Americans were to elect such an infidel as Mr. Jefferson to the presidency, he warned, you will declare by a solemn national act that there is no more religion in your collective character than in your written constitution. And I'm not saying this to use it against Jefferson, because I think Jefferson was a good president and a, and a, and a good man in his own way. But the point is, is that, that this man was making, that John M. Mason was making, and that Jefferson certainly was not a Christian. And, uh, in fact, Jefferson wrote, he took, uh, wrote a, a particular Bible that removed in his mind, All of what he thought was simply superstition out of the Bible. Jefferson thought that Christ was a good man, but he didn't believe that Christ was divine in any way. In fact, he he said that Christ himself never, ever presented himself as divine. And here's what Jefferson said uh, finally. For Jefferson, God was best described as as an ethereal gas. He confidently predicted that on account of the American Revolution, there is not a young man now living in the United States who will not die a Unitarian. Of course, that didn't happen. People continued to be Christian. But Jefferson actually believed that the revolution in the United States was a godless revolution and that it would make people uh, be Unitarians uh, in in a sense, uh, he would have believed in God in the same way as a deist would believe in God, that there had to be something that started everything, but it really was not a force in anybody's life anymore, sort of like a clock winder that winds up the clock and then steps out of the picture and the clock continues to operate. Uh,
1: that doesn't work, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. And we uh, Jefferson had no hesitancy advising his own nephew that he should prefer to be an atheist rather than avoid a rational critique of of, uh, Christian dogma. And when it says prefer to be an atheist here, an atheist in Jefferson time would have been somebody that simply didn't believe in a personal God that intervenes in human affairs. He would have believed that there was something, some force that started the universe and wound it up, like I said, like a clock and the clock kept on working, but that particular force would have nothing to do with human lives or interfere in anything going on currently. So he wouldn't have been an atheist in the sense that some of the atheists are today that reduced the universe to simply a material thing that didn't really have a beginning. Uh, Like Washington, same thing here is talking about Madison. Uh, like Washington, the proud Madison could not bring himself to kneel in prayer with his fellow Anglicans. According to William Meade, the Protestant Episcopal Bishop of Madison's home state of Virginia, on those occasions when Madison invited ministers to his house to conduct family prayers, he did not kneel himself at prayers. It says, Madison was a relentless foe of any ties between government and religion, and he and his friend Jefferson would lead the movement for the disestablishment and the separation of religion from the state, not only in Virginia, but in the national government, setting the first example for the entire Western world. And I this think was
1: that should be underlined or highlighted.
0: Yeah, and this, again, was the pretense that the state somehow is neutral. This was their idea, that they could have a neutral state and that if they had a neutral state, then the people could have religion of whatever religion they want, and that would be freedom of religion. But it isn't true, because the point is when you do that from a position of power that Jefferson and Madison had, you are saying, in effect, that all religion is simply a personal opinion and that the state can exist without religion. But that itself is a religious statement. You're saying that... Your statement that everybody's everybody's religion is just an opinion is true, and it has the force of law, which all the people have to obey. You know, But their beliefs and so forth do not have any of the force of law, and their beliefs are just personal opinions that really have no bearing on the state. So you can see that all the weight is toward the state and what it pronounces religion to be, and no weight really toward what the people believe. So... It's there's there simply can't be any freedom of every country has to decide what religious basis it will operate on, and we are operating on a religious basis that says religion is really a personal opinion, and uh, that is the actual uh, religious principle that is endorsed and upheld by force of the state.
1: Yeah, so, so. and you know this idea. The state is protecting itself, too, from religion. You're not Mm going to have a religion come in and tell them what to do.
0: And it goes on here. I'll read you. It says, The original sin of the nation, the National Reform Reform Association, whose third president was Justice Strong, that is, a former Supreme Court justice, had come into being based on the shared conviction of the delegates in its national conventions that the Republic had offended God in formulating its organic law without the least reference to him or his authority. So this is a Supreme Court justice saying this is a defect of the nation. It says the NRA proceedings of 1874... Uh, present evidence that the Constitution's godlessness had preoccupied the most conservative Protestants from the very dawn of the Republic. So a lot of people understood this. We're going to have to stop here and take a break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit
2: Radio.
4: July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town catholic spirit radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith if you've never donated start this july if you've donated in the past july is the month to give extra remember i will double it during july matching mondays
3: listeners support catholic spirit radio in many different ways some write checks others use credit cards but did you know that you can also give catholic spirit radio your old car truck boat motorcycle or rv even if it's not working Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS.
4: Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Wondering about your next step? Ashley was in school and pregnant when she reached out to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Would she be judged? Would she be accepted? What she found at LAPRC was a team of people who were committed to providing excellent care and compassionate support to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. If you or someone you know is in a situation like Ashley, or if you want to help support women and families in our community, you can find us at PregnancyResourceCenter.org.
0: Hi, this is Bob Johnston. We're back from our break. We're talking about the National Reform Association and uh, the fact that they understood and criticized uh, the idea that the Constitution was without any religious basis and uh, their criticism reaches back all the way to the time of the Revolution and then comes forward all the way until the, actually the 21st century. And one of the things that they understood was that uh, the, the the lack of religious principles in our government and especially in the Constitution itself will eventually lead to the d- destruction of not only the government but the Constitution. Back in 1811, uh, The uh, National Reform Association quotes uh, a a quotation here reaching back to 1811. It says, continuing in this admonitory vein, Samuel Austin, president of the University of Vermont, warned his congregation, this was in 1811, in a published sermon, that the Constitution has one capital defect which will issue inevitably in its destruction. It is entirely disconnected from Christianity. And he pointed out that the Constitution will conform everything in America, all of the politics, to itself. It said it's inevitable that a Constitution, with the force of law being interpreted in a non-religious way by a Supreme Court that has to follow that particular uh, principle that was laid down by the founders, will Conform the, the, the laws of the government itself to the fact that it is without religion and it will end up in the destruction of the Constitution itself. And we seem to be seeing that happening today. In 1812, the Honorable Samuel Taggart, a former U.S. Congressman and Presbyterian minister, sounded the warning that America had broken with all historical precedent in forming a nation without any acknowledgement of God. It said that it takes no notice of and is not at all connected with religion. In this instance, the United States are exhibiting a new and singular spectacle to the world, a phenomenon which the world has never witnessed before. It is a bold experiment and one which I fear can only issue a national apostasy, a national ruin. And uh, 1812 to 1813, not long before the burning of Washington during the War of 1812, No less than President of Yale, Timothy Dwight, likewise linked the prospect of America's ruin to the Framers' neglect of God. And these people understood that the Constitution would conform the nation and the nation's laws to itself eventually. And when that happened, our government would be without any real principle, especially religious principle, and uh, it would lead to a dissolution of the Constitution and a dissolution of the people themselves. So... They saw this a long time ago, but they had a hard time trying to do anything about it because there is no unifying factor in Protestantism. In Protestantism, if you say we have to inject religion into the Constitution, the question is whose and which religion is it? And whereas when the Catholic Church built Western civilization, there was one church and one unifying factor. There was the Pope and the Magisterium, and we're not trying to say that these people were perfect. I mean, there was lots of uh, corruption in the church, as well as there's corruption in other things. But overall it was able to inject a unifying factor into shaping Western civilization that made Western civilization, what it became. And when you remove that factor, Western civilization is without the unifying direction that it needs. And that's what, what they were saying, but they couldn't agree with each other on how to fix it. And what I'm saying here is is that we need to understand as, as I've tried to make the case That we are not without religious principle in our government, but it's a secular, almost irreligious principle that is not capable of holding it together. And, And a lot of Catholic principles are, and we'll talk about them in the next show. But the point is, is there's solid evidence here that a lot of people, Protestants themselves, understood that our government was without religious direction from the very, very beginning. And a lot of it was because the very people themselves that formed it were enlightenment, uh, uh, products of the enlightenment. And they really did not believe in a religious government or in religious principles themselves. Uh, in spite of the fact that they were very, very outstanding people and many other characteristics, but they couldn't inject the religious principle into the Constitution that it needs. So we'll go on here. It says, uh, let's That's see.
1: true, and we've gone on and formed other theories that are contrary to the truth.
0: Exactly. It says that, uh, it goes on here, the NRA concluded that with a ringing indictment of the sheer legal positivism that was even then, back in that time, becoming dominant under a federal charter that made no reference to any authority higher than we, the people. And that's exactly what we have, you know, we, the people, but the people's beliefs change from day to day almost uh, and and who are the people i mean which 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 people are in authority uh and it goes on here the when it says sheer legal positivism legal positivism is the idea that there is no such thing as god's law there is no such thing as natural law there is simply the law of we the people and we the people make the law and uh, whatever the people want for the law, then that's what the law is. And there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's that uh, the people themselves have the right to make the law through their uh, constitution, ordinal organization, and whatever law they make, that's that. And it doesn't. It's not based on anything above that. And so it it reduces the law to being in existence without any real principle on which to base it. And we talked about that before as well. These people recognized it way back then. They called it a most unnatural, impossible monster. Several interventions at the NRA convention protested against the very concept of a religiously neutral republic. And that's exactly what I've been talking about uh, in the last few shows and even today, is that there's no such thing as a neutral government. And there's no such thing as a religiously neutral government. For example, at the 1872 convention, Professor Taylor Lewis, an eminent Greek scholar whose father was an officer in the Revolutionary War, adverted to the Greco-Catholic political tradition and denouncing as unnatural state neutrality respecting religion. If there is any truth that may be said to be practically as well as theoretically true, then it is certain that what we call politics must be religious or anti-religious. It cannot be neutral. It must be Christian or anti-Christian. The state cannot be neutral. It must be religious or irreligious. So it was held by the most eminent legislators before the birth of Christ. An irreligious community, one that did not acknowledge the gods or something divine as the ground of civil obligation, was a most unnatural as well as impossible monster, and eventually those principles would destroy the very state that adopted them. This is what they were saying back at that time, and this is the point I made. No state can be religiously neutral. There really is no such thing as religious freedom says, every modern state must be Christian or anti-Christian. Neutrality is impossible. Neutrality is impossible for the very reason Christ himself had pronounced in the gospel. He that is not for me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. In other words, whoever is not with me scatters. And every plant which my Father in heaven hath not planted shall be rooted up. Here, the NRA exposed the fiction of the religiously neutral state, whose very neutrality necessarily involves an official rejection of the claims of Christianity on both men and nations, and thus an anti-theology of the state. And we've already, you know, talked about that. But the point is, is these people saw that from the very beginning all the way up until now. So, uh. It's a pretty, that's, you
1: know, pretty deep thought in a way. And uh, it's revealing. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised hearing this.
0: Exactly. It says uh, another pro- prophecy is fulfilled. A lot of the things that these people predict this are to happen. Uh, here's one at the NRA convention, a uh, man by the name of uh, Sloan. Uh, a professor, step-by-step, step, Dr. Sloan declared, the enemy gains and the Christian sentiment is overbalanced by a contemptible minority of the people because in an unfortunate hour they adopted a constitution which has no clause recognizing the great moral power which has made and preserves the nation. And we are being directed really by a minority of the people today. A minority of the people has in effect gotten hold of our government because anybody that tries to oppose them always tries to do it on a and, and almost is forced to, and shouldn't say almost is forced to, based on a religious principle, and they immediately attack and overcome the religious principle by pointing to the Constitution saying that there's a separation between church and state. And so these people are left in effect without any uh, base in which to stand and uh, no power at all for their statements or their pronouncement, and they are sort of just actually – uh, removed from the public square, and the public square is empty of any religious statement at all because of what our Constitution says. And this is exactly what is happening. It was predicted right from the very beginning. And so the religious principles and the religious people in the community do not have the, the platform, the standing, or the power that the non-religious people do, and so a great religious people can be re- re- ruled by a minority because we have a constitution without religious principle. And this is what we're getting at, and this is what's what's happening. So we'll go on here. It says... Uh,
1: so this mad, mad world we live in has been coming all along, hasn't it?
0: Exactly. And here is something from uh, a person at the time... Uh, and this is in 1845, and uh, it's by a convert to uh, Christianity from Protestantism back at that time, uh, a man by the name of Brownson, and he says, uh, "Here's what he, here's here's what he said and in one of his writings, and one of his uh, he 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 actually uh, formed a paper, a newspaper, and so forth, and uh, in his paper he says, quote." Unable to point to any spiritual authority higher than human uh, consensus, for there is none in Protestantism, the National Reform Association was reduced to advocating a Christian moral order determined by an unstable majority will, the same will whose already alarming drift from Christian morals the NRA itself was, was lamenting. Their NRA's insuperable problem was earlier identified by the renowned Protestant convert to Catholicism, Orestes Brownson, who addressed it with ruthless logic in an essay entitled Catholicity Necessary to Sustain Popular Liberty. This was written in 1845, a year only after his conversion. Just as the National Reform Association would observe some 30 years later, Brownson observed that the Constitution is a dead, quoting here, the Constitution is a dead letter. It has been becoming in practice and is now substantially a pure democracy with no effective constitution, but the will of the majority and many times the minority. Only religion could save America from this tyranny. Here too, Brownson anticipated the National Reform Association's program. Yet he argued the Protestant religion could not save America because Protestantism, like democracy itself, is subject to the control of the people and must command and teach whatever they say. Hence he continued, the holding of slaves is compatible with Christian character south of a geographical line and can incompatible north, and Christian morals change accordingly to the prejudice and interests and habits of the people. And he goes on, he says, the framers, Brownson noted, had thought they could restrain the tyranny of the majority by a written constitution. <laughs> but they entrusted the preservation of the constitution to the care of the people, which was as wise as to lock up your culprit in prison and then entrust him with the key. This is the idea that people can rule by their own consent. <laughs> Writing only three years before his death in the very year of the NRA's 1773 convention, Brownson, now a bitterly disillusioned former Americanist, echoed the NRA and his dire predictions about the American future. Unlike the NRA, however, he linked the coming catastrophes, moral the coming catastrophic moral decline to the tendencies of Protestant Christianity, not because he disliked Protestants or thought they weren't uh religious but because they could not agree on anything he says where the people are catholic and submissive to the law of god as declared and applied by the vicar of christian christ and the supreme pastor of the church democracy may be a good form of government but combined with protestantism or infidelity in the people it's inevitable tendency is to lower the standard of morality to enfeeble intellect, to abase character, and to retard civilization, as even our short American experience amply proves, our republic may have had a material expansion and growth, but every observing and reflecting American, whose memory goes back as mine does over fifty years, sees that in all else it is tending downward, and is on the declivity to utter barbarism, and this is exactly what, is, I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying has happened. We are descending into barbarism because our state is without any real religious principles, and of course our constitution is without any real religious principles. And Brownson saw this back in 1873 and was saying we already were on that decline. And it of course has gotten worse you know over the next one hundred years or so. So uh but at any rate, we're gonna have to bring this to a close. We're getting near the end of the program. Uh, the point is, is that all of these people back through all these ages from all the way, to the forming of our country right up until the present time have seen the danger of a constitution without religious principle. And uh, the fact is, is that under Protestantism itself very good people, very devout and devoted people themselves, but without a unified church that can agree on the principles that should be incorporated by the state, we really can't agree on anything. And so what I'm advocating is, and I'm going to do it in the next uh, few shows is that we should start understanding that religious principles have to be injected into our constitution and into our laws. If we're going to have a unified country And the best way to do this, I'm convinced, is through the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church originally in the first place built Western civilization and held it together because it had the unity of Christianity and the fullness of Christianity that could be agreed upon by most of the people. And so we'll talk about that next week.
1: Right. And you don't find it. Well, it's time for us to close up.
0: St. Michael the Archangel, Look, defend us in, in battle, be our, our protection, protection against weak- the wickedness and snares of the devil. May, May God, God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and, and do thou, O Prince, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by, the, by power the power of God, thrust into, into hell Satan, and all, and all evil, evil spirits, spirits who wander through the, the world for the ruin of souls. souls. Amen.
2: Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston. On Catholic Spirit Radio, if you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykin's Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykin's Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio.